Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Robbie Riggs. Welcome to the Way I See It podcast. This show provides a safe space for anyone to share their thoughts, stories, and opinions. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, everybody? Hope y'all are doing well. It's Robbie Riggs again from the Way I See It podcast. For any of you who are new, today I have a whole episode on podcast production. I am talking with one of my past guests that I had last week, actually, Sadie Kyler. Now, for those of you who are new, Sadie Kyler is a podcast host, she is a podcast assistant. And, like I said before, she is the host of She Persisted Podcast. Today, we talk about podcasting, the ins and outs of it, her journey of podcasting, and so much more. Enjoy. All right, so uh, welcome back. (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited to be back. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, no worries. I'd have you 500 times if I had to. Um, (laughs) So, uh... How's it going? What's what's been new? What's what's the what's the latest? Uh, what's the what's the tea? What's the latest tea? Um, I wish I had something more exciting to share. It's just been lots of Zoom classes. Um, we went skiing last weekend, which was really fun. But other than that, pretty pretty chillaxed, just hanging out at home. That's about it. Nice, yeah. Same with me. I have been, you know, just pretty much relaxing at home sleeping mm-hmm. most of the day now I don't know if it's my anxiety or what but I sleep a lot like yeah there are times where I'm up till 4 a.m 5 a.m in the morning and then I don't sleep till about 7 a.m and oh, then I sleep again the whole day from 7 oh, or 11 till about 5 wow yeah I find I try and get to bed earlier around I don't even know what time I've recently been falling asleep closer to like one or two, which isn't great, but I do find that no matter what time I go to sleep, I could sleep in for literally ever. If I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I don't know. I really don't know because I do the same thing. I do. I could do the same thing. I could literally sleep for forever and ever and ever, Um, you know, and that's, that's just crazy. Mm -hmm. So so anyway, this episode, um, we could talk about our sleeping habits all day, maybe to the end of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> this episode is all about podcast production. So I guess the main question that I have for you is what got you started doing podcasting? What was the main, what was the main spike that you're like, okay, I want to, I want to do this for, I want to, I want to try this and I want to, I want to make an impact on people. Yeah, so we talked a lot about my mental health journey in the last episode, which is some great context for this, because when I started treatment, my dad was the one that was like, Sadie, you got to bring a recorder, you got to do a podcast on this, like, just recording this journey in real time would be amazing. And I was like, so, so, so opposed to the idea. I was like, dad, absolutely not. I think he asked my doctors if I could like have a recorder there. And they're like, uh, no, that's definitely illegal. People need medical privacy. She can't have a recorder. But yeah, so it was him that first planted that seed of podcasting. And I was really opposed to talking about my mental health in any way. But once I kind of had that full circle moment, like we talked about in last episode that I was on, um, when I thought about sharing my story, I was like, okay, there's YouTube, there's social media, there's blogging. 
um, these different routes of kind of communication and storytelling. And I felt like a lot of the other platforms were pretty saturated already with not only content creators, but specifically teen content creators. And podcasting was something where I didn't know of a lot of teens that did podcasting and had their own podcasts that were well-produced and that they built from the ground up. And so it was kind of unique. And I really wanted to kind of dive into that niche and um, kind of do that kind of area of storytelling where I hadn't seen that many teenagers yet. Yeah, that's really funny that your dad did that. Where he's just like, "Hey, can you have a recorder for this for this girl?" Like, I know. Is, I was so, so embarrassed. Oh my I was God. like, "Dad, please stop!" Like I was like, "Everyone's <laughs> gonna judge me." It was. I was like, "This is nothing more embarrassing could happen at all." But oh it, it was God. okay. We moved on from that. But you found your feet, though. I did. I you know? did, and I. It took me a long time to kind of understand how to podcast and get better at it and really be able to tell my story in a way that I felt confident in and that made sense to someone listening. Because sometimes I feel like I get behind the microphone and I just ramble and I don't make any sense. But with practice comes more perfection and progress. And I found that to be really true with podcasting. And so I'm so glad that I started when I did because I've really been able to improve this skill and market this skill and just get a lot better over time, which is so awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Podcasting is one of those things where it takes a lot of practice to like get the great, you know, get the idea going and then, mm-hmm. and, you know, promoting it and stuff like that. And I can, I can honestly say this is where we're going to get to the cool stuff. Thanks for sharing that, by the way. That was really, really, <laughs> that was really impactful. Um, you know, the hardest thing that I have, I don't know if you had this, but the hardest thing that I have is trying to promote. Now, for me, um, it's easier to promote to people or companies that already understand my disability. Mm-hmm. It's easier to, to promote, Hey, I have this thing, you know, I, I have mm-hmm. this thing. And if you want to talk about it on your platform, I'll be more than happy to, I don't say it like that, but that's just the gist, mm-hmm. the gist of it. Yes. But whether they say yes or no, it doesn't, it, they could say yes, or they could say no. But the thing is, I know they're not going to judge me because their platform is already built for people who have accessibility issues, right? Mm -hmm, Or have disabilities. mm -hmm. So they're not going to judge you. Yeah. You know, I just promoted to a company here in Canada. And I don't know if they're going to say yes or no, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know what? I love what they do and I love their work. And it's like, if I can, if I can help in any way, if I can help the disability community in any way, then that would be great. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's easier to promote to that company. To be honest, the company that I promoted to is called AMI, Accessible Media Inc. Okay. They are the first ever, the only, I might add, TV station in Canada that does describe video in every show and in every movie. That's amazing. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so I promoted them and there's a show I like called Kelly and company and the guy, Kelly McDonald mm-hmm. he was from the blind school that I went to. He was, Oh my there God. That's the, so awesome. Yeah. He was there from the seventies. And that's so cool. What a yeah, small world, right? It is a very small world. So I promoted to them and I was like, Hey, I have a podcast, you know, cause they, mm-hmm. I love what they do and they do such good work. 
And I was like, I have a podcast. If you guys want to come on or no, if I want to, if I want, I want to come on to promote my show Mm -hmm. and you know, but I wasn't nervous yeah. because I already knew who they were. I know who they, I know what they do. And I know that they would love to have any disability content out there. So promoting them was promoting them was a lot easier, but whenever I promote to independent people such as yourself, Mm-hmm. that's where I get I feel very uncomfortable doing it because I have to remember at the end of the day that you know when I'm listening to um, content that is made for people with disabilities mm-hmm. I don't I, I feel very normal yeah I feel like oh I'm just an average person who can't see that must be how mm-hmm. life is mm-hmm. And then I get back into the real world, not the real world, but I get back into other podcasts like, you know, the Skinny Confidential, for example. And it's something that they do. It's not their fault. I just want to stress it's no one's fault. They just know anything about blind people. They don't yeah. they have, probably have an actor interacted with a blind person in their life. If they don't, mm-hmm. if they do, they don't show it. They don't talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. So, you know, I just feel very like whenever I try to promote to people like that, I feel very judged like, Oh, you're blind. What makes you call? Well, how could you podcast if you're blind? And it's like, I, ha- I, these, a lot of these, a lot of cited podcasters, unfortunately keep reminding me that, Oh yeah, you're different in some way. Mm-hmm. And that's been the hardest part of doing my podcast. That's a lot of the time what made me want to give up because you just reach out to so many people and you don't get a response. Yeah. Or if you get a response, you get overlated and you get very, you get so excited that you can't concentrate properly. And then mm-hmm. you become, you just get, you just make a fool of yourself, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, like, what's your kind of opinion on that? Because like, that's something like, cause you know, because I want people with disabilities to listen to this show and I feel like you'd be a great you just you'd be a great kind of yeah you know, aspect well, on I that, do... even though you're not disabled <laughs> mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. anyways what's your opinion on that well I do want to also ask you and have you give your input at some point in this episode as far as how I can make my podcast more accessible and how you make your podcast accessible or what you prefer when consuming content whether that's transcriptions or stuff like that but we'll get into that in a minute um as far as pitching people one thing that I find really helpful is to I'm going to rephrase that so when you're pitching people there's such a large network of creators and podcasters and people out there that you'd want to get on your show and it's I personally have found that when I'm sharing my podcast with someone that's really close to me or that's in my community, whether that's a classmate or a family friend or um, even a family member, I'm a lot more worried about being judged and rejected. And I'm like, OK, this is like a really big deal. Whereas when I'm sharing it with an audience of people I don't really know, I'm not as scared about that rejection. So I can feel less worried about pitching these great, crazy, big podcast 
hosts and content creators because I'm never going to have to see them. I'm never going to have to have a conversation with them. Be like, remember that one time when you said you didn't want to come on my show? Because the chance that we'll actually interact at some point is so low. So I can be like, okay, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to pitch them to be on my show. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And the other thing that can kind of give you peace of mind is that these people are inundated with requests to be on different podcasts, requests for collaborations, um, product placement. So as discouraging as it is, the chance that they'll see it is kind of minimal. And so you can kind of be like, they probably won't even see it. If they do, great, maybe we'll do a collaboration. But if not, I don't have to worry about embarrassing myself because they might not ever see it. Um, As far as pitching people, there's a couple of things that I think are helpful. One is if you connect via social media, asking for a point of email contact. That is huge because once you have a point of email contact, you can really explain yourself in a more thought out way. You can talk more about your show. You can talk about more what's in it for them to come on your show, what you're hoping to talk about. If you have a release form, you can send it via that. You can send dates more easily via email. So first, just sliding into their messages and being like, hey, I absolutely love what you do. Is there a point of email contact that I can pitch you a possible appearance? And then you can email them and say, hey, like I would say, hey, I'm Sadie, I'm 17. I'm the host of She Persisted, a teenage mental health and life podcast. Um, This is what my show's about. I've attached my media kit. These dates work for me. I would love to make this happen. Um, What are your thoughts? And then from there, um, you'll either get a yes or a no. Sometimes you have to follow up, but kind of moving the conversation from social media to email, I think is really crucial. Um, Does that kind of answer your question or are there more things to touch on? No, that that's great. And um, yeah, that, that, that's great. And so, yeah, like that, that's amazing because, you know, I, I don't have much listeners yet. Mm-hmm. And if anybody really, I mean, I have I think some. I got 12 listeners in the first month of my podcast. So oh, everyone wow. starts from nowhere. Everyone starts from zero and it just takes time. And everyone like at the beginning isn't going to isn't going to have a lot of success. And, and if you do have a lot of success initially, I found that a lot of these people have entire teams behind them. If it's a celebrity that's launching a podcast, they have an editor, they have a producer, they might have someone scripting their questions. They have people promoting the heck out of it on social media. They already have an audience built. So when you don't have that audience built, you start from ground zero and it takes time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love what you said about accessibility. I think one of the main things that you can do for like your photos and stuff, if you want to make them more accessible mm-hmm. is add alt text. So, okay. Yeah. So like you just describe what the photo is and stuff like that. So that I can be like, mm-hmm. so, and, so me or any blind person could be like, Oh, wow. I love your photo without knowing what the hell that, what the, what the hell mm-hmm. the photo is. So mm-hmm. yeah, like that. And it's interesting you know. because I've read a lot of articles about how to increase your kind of success on social media and get more eyes on your photos and alt text is one that is everyone says is really effective to have more people find your content engage in it more frequently so that's awesome that it works for both of those um kinds of ways yeah absolutely absolutely so another question that i have is how do you know if a guest is not a good fit i can give an example of this Mm-hmm. I wanted a guest on my show. I loved her work. She was amazing, amazing. She was a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. 
and I loved her stuff and I pitched her and we talked on Facebook messenger and stuff like that. She sounded so into it. And then when I reached, you know, on the day of the recording, she just even she messaged me or emailed me and said, Hey, Robbie, we can't do it today. And I'm like, Oh, is something wrong? Well, you know what happened? She goes, please respect my privacy. Nothing happened. And just coming off as very just rude after a while. And I kind of figured this person's not really the best person for the pod anymore as I thought they would be. And another thing too, that kind of was like for me, uh, eh, I don't think so, was when I tried calling her messenger, she told me that messenger was only for her, quote, paying clients. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she was some kind of coach or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, what, what would you say about that? Because like, I just, that was one thing for me that was like, that was one instance that was just like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's hard when you're starting a podcast because networking with other creators and getting them on your show can be really helpful for growth. If you have someone on their show, they can promote like the episode on their audience. You can get more listeners potentially. So it's definitely a very intriguing um, concept. And I think as you grow an audience you have the opportunity to be a lot more selective about who you have on the show and I almost would caution you to be that selective at the beginning I found that I've probably had at least this is totally an estimate but I'd say maybe 20 guests on my show at this point um within like well maybe more I I have 56 episodes so some number of guests between 20 and 30 I would say and when I was first starting to have guests, I had on a lot, of, a lot of fellow podcasters, content creators, people that weren't necessarily in the mental health niche. And while I would kind of spin the conversation to be like, can you talk about mental health from a entrepreneurial perspective or within this space that you work? And the most effective podcast interviews come from people who are subject matter experts. Maybe that's in social media. Maybe that's in podcasting. Maybe that's in mental health. Maybe that's in a medical field, literally whatever it is, they're going to be most effective and coherent and eloquent when they're talking about something they're passionate about and that they're knowledgeable about. So if I had you come on my podcast and I was like, can you tell me about it's like something super obscure like I don't even know what an example would be but if I was like tell me about the most effective way to market on Pinterest you'd be I already like, have an ah. idea for you okay okay What's I your idea? I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you I'll, I'll talk I'll, I'll tell you after the episode but I, okay. I, I have I have ideas let me tell you perfect so um if I had you come on my show and talk about Pinterest marketing it would probably be a pretty awkward interview unless you have some giant Pinterest marketing background that I'm not aware of um but because it's not something that you have lots of experience speaking about, there's not lots of different tangents you can go into, the conversation won't flow as easily, there won't be as much valuable information for the listener, and the episode itself won't be as successful from an objective standpoint. So when you're starting out your podcast, um, if you can really lean into your niche, and so my, my niche would be mental health. An episode where I go in, like the past two weeks, my episodes have been one on OCD and exposure therapy, and the other one was mental health advice for high school students. And so those are both things that I have some expertise on, not a ton, but I could speak from experience and do a really great episode. I also instead could have done a collaboration with another podcaster and talked about pitch emails and building a show and why podcasting is fun, 
But from a mental health niche standpoint, it's not as successful as an episode. So if you at the beginning, until you have the ability to reach out to these expert guests within your niche can create your own audience and your own content from your own expertise, that can be really, really powerful instead of having to kind of sacrifice your own brand values to get more guests on your show. And the other thing is that it can kind of confuse the listener. If one week my podcast is about intensive treatment and anxiety and the next week it's like how to start a podcast, I'm interested in both of those things, but I'm marketing my podcast as a teen mental health podcast. So listeners will be really confused when it's like how to podcast. They're like, this is not what I subscribed for. Like, what are you doing? So if you can stick to your niche and lean on your own expertise or even skip a week when applicable, just so that you can really stay true to your brand values, I find that to be really effective and also have that same lens when it comes to recruiting guests. If you think that person truly would provide a lot of value to your show and is an expert and within your niche, then yes, have them on. Great. If it's like, yeah, I want them to promote my show. I hiccuped. Yeah, I want them to promote my show, but they're also not super in line with my brand values and I don't really know how this episode will go. Pass on it and the quality of your podcast will be higher in the long run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, I kind of wanted to have you on the last time was because I'm a mental health advocate and a disability advocate. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many advocates to me. That's the thing. I, 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 I can talk about so many things. And that's why it was hard for me to find a niche for the show, because it is about unfiltered opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, before, when I really started, it was about how to, you know, how, how I live life as a blind person. And I figured that wasn't, I did not enjoy that marketing technique mm-hmm. and it wasn't getting much guess on it. People would just, okay, what do you want me for? You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just, I felt for me, it wasn't, maybe people liked it. I don't know, but I felt that it wasn't the best for me because I feel like having unfiltered opinions, it's a lot, it's a lot more marketable Mm -hmm. and I can talk about stuff that, you know, relates to disability and mental health. And I could have other people bring on their opinions Mm -hmm. without feeling that this is, the B show, if that makes any sense. And I think like a great example, you brought them up earlier, but the Skinny Confidential, that's a podcast that has on a whole host of different experts and it kind of has its tone, so many different niches, but their personalities and their brand is how they host the episode. It's their witty banter. It's their back and forth. It's them making fun of each other. So even if your your podcast is an opinion podcast, you can still create a brand around yourself and what the, the setup of the show is like and what the listening experience is. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Now, have you ever had any guests who are like, you know, who, who emailed you they said they would do it and then they just dipped out or like, have you ever had any guests? I'll be like, um, you know, okay. And then the next minute they just, they just back back down. Yes. And it sucks. I had this one girl who I had randomly, she spoke at a school I shadowed for one day. It was such a coincidence that she was there and she has a pretty big following on social media. And I reached out, totally didn't think she was going to get back to me. 
And her assistant got back to me and was like, yes, yeah, she'd love to do it. Just circle back in two weeks for recording. And I was like, literally like starstruck would be the best way to describe it. I was so excited. Probably the biggest guest I would have booked thus far. And I was so, so, so excited about this interview. And I followed up six times. I followed up after the two weeks. I followed up about a month later. And then I followed up on that email. And I sent another email and I kept being like, so excited to record so glad she's down to be on the show this is so exciting for me what dates work for you here's some times for me and eventually her assistant got back to me and was like she's not taking on any more projects in 2021 and i was so so bummed because she'd committed she said she was going to be on the show and then it just didn't happen and so it, it's it sucks. It's like really the worst thing. And it's also almost always not a reflection of you. Um, it's normally something that's going on with them or they're too busy. Um, and I kind of like to remember the the concept that, yes, it sucks, but if it doesn't happen, it's because it's not meant to be and just kind of drilling that in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I reached out to a voice actor who I really admire. Like she is the best of the best in my voice acting hub that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's the only person that I like, I, that I like, that I actually learned from because she has such a witty, you know, she has such a witty um, personality. Yeah. So I reached out to her and I'm just like, hey, uh, would you like to come on the show, blah, blah, And then she emailed me. It was nice of her to email me, but she's like, I am so sorry. I just, I am something my husband's battling with COVID and all sorts of things. And I was really bummed because I really admired her so much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, that was, but that wasn't her fault. I, I just let it go because I'm like, she was nice enough to email me, whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah. I totally get where you're coming from. Um, also, the other thing I feel like you have to be careful of too is you have a lot of these guests that could be so egotistical of themselves. So just, you know, so they just don't give a crap about anybody else but them. And there's one apparently... Um, I don't know her personally, but a lot of blind people say that there's this one YouTuber who is like that because, and she's also blind. Mm-hmm. When you book her, it's all about her. I mean, every guess is about them, but the other thing to remember as the host, it is your show. Yeah. So if you have someone who is constantly trying to sell, 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 sell all the time and not letting you get a word in something's Mm -hmm. something is kind of up there because you know and that's the thing and I was going to reach out to her and then when I saw other YouTubers commenting like they're basically like you do not want to reach out to her (laughs) yeah they didn't sell I don't know them personally but that's what they were saying on their videos you do not want to reach out there I might try reaching out to her uh you know in a in a you know in a bit but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to expect anything and plus Apparently, she's one of those people who she wants you to pay for having her on your show and, and all sorts of crap like that. So those are people that you have to be careful of, too. Like, there are some people out there that can put on this show 
but when yeah. they actually start talking to people like an adult they're not very mature they act mature but when they start talking to you adult to adult they are just they're not the most mature some people yeah yeah no it's definitely important to stay true to whatever your brand values are as a creator and kind of again be selective with your guests and you're allowed to do that it's your show and if you're one of your values as a creator is high quality content then be selective with your guests and yes it might bring more eyes to your to your podcast but if people aren't sticking around because of the content that you're consistently making then it's not really like a a true audience member or a listener. Yeah. You know, Michael Bostick always says this, you know, you cannot, you always have to be 100% yourself in the space. If you are not 100% yourself in the space, then you have nothing to, you're just copying off of people. Yeah. And I've been guilty of that. I've done that a lot. I have, heard something someone said and then I have you know copied off of them and that wasn't because I was trying to be a copycat that was because I, I felt like I had to talk about it in that time and mm-hmm. you know how have you kind of stayed true to who you are as a creator um I mean like I talked about I have lots of episodes on my show that aren't ne- necessarily within my niche of sorts with mental health and um treatment and I think it's just a lot of trial and error and it's seeing what you're passionate about talking about um what you enjoy creating content on and that's okay to kind of switch up your niche niche and switch up what you're creating content about um it's just at the end of the day um once you figure out what that is committing to it and being selective with your your content and your guests but I, I have to recommend trial and error because if you on day one commit to something and you have no idea if you like it or not, like six months from now, you might be miserable creating content. Whereas when you kind of switched up what you were um, podcasting about at the beginning, you would be able to have that freedom to find something you were truly passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Do you get a lot of emails and messages from teens? Like how do teens and parents react to your stuff? Like, do you get a lot of messages being like, I love your stuff? Or do you get a lot of people saying like, oh, it's, this thing sucks. Like, how do you handle getting so many messages and so many emails? Do you get a lot of messages and emails? Yeah, I mean, I would say I've been very lucky in that I haven't gotten a lot of negative feedback on the podcast. Um, And so I haven't had to deal with like that hate of sorts, I guess, is what you would call it. Um, But um, I do find that I get a good amount of messages from parents asking for advice on like how to navigate something with their kid, whether it's getting them to treatment or pursuing a treatment option or helping them get on the right path. And with that, it's really about creating uh, barriers, boundaries for myself as far as not getting overly invested beyond um, as far as not getting overly invested in the outcome of the kids um 
treatment or mental health status and just kind of saying, find a professional in your area. This is what worked for me. Here are some book recommendations. Um, and again, I'm not a professional, just speaking from experience. Um, so kind of just remembering that these are listeners. And I think the other thing is that I have had the experience of supporting people in real life going through mental health issues. And that was really draining for me and really exhausting. And I had to create those boundaries in real life. So with the podcast, it's kind of just an extension of that, which makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like, that's really interesting that parents will talk to you. I know. I'm not at all qualified. From, yeah. Aside from talking to someone their age or a therapist, that's really interesting that yeah, they would I talk mean, to you as a 17-year-old kid. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> like cool. we don't talk about mental health enough, so it does feel like you're really alone in, in your journey, whether you're a parent or a teen, so it makes sense that they'll gravitate towards someone that's actually talking about that and starting that conversation. But for my own mental health, I keep those boundaries and remind myself that I'm not a therapist and it's not my job to be a therapist and I can offer some advice and refer them to a professional and then let professionals do what they do best, which is offer support and make sure that the person gets the best care possible. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that that just segued into my next topic is pretending you're not an expert. There are so many people out there who pretend that they are experts in their field. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you're qualified, yes. But the thing is, I can say I'm Joe Blow from Atlanta, Georgia, make mm -hmm. a podcast called How to Suffer from, you know, how to get rid of anxiety, for example. And I can call myself a therapist. There's mm -hmm. nothing stopping you. Yeah. And that's the, that's why you have to keep saying I'm not a professional. Because you have to you... say you're not a professional and you have to trust and hope that listeners consume content with enough of a critical eye to understand that if I'm a 17 year old, I'm not a professional and they can, they can know that. And if they don't set that boundary for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That is something that I feel like you have to do. And that's something I struggled with when I was first starting way back in 2020, it feels like a forever now when I started. Mm -hmm. But when I first started with the whole how I live life as a blind person thing, that's what I felt that I had to do in order to be relevant. Mm -hmm. And I quickly learned that it's exhausting and I have to be true to myself and I have to, I have to, I have to be vulnerable too. You know, I can't just be like this host who's doesn't have emotions. Yeah. No, it, it totally it totally makes sense. And again, it's about creating a show and collection of content that you're proud of and you can stand behind and being selective with, again, who you're having on your show, the content you're creating, and then what you're putting out into the world. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So what advice would you have, just so we're about to wrap up here, what advice would you have for people with disabilities who are who just think that they're not enough like how I do sometimes as a blind person <laughs> yeah I think when you're in any sort of less than headspace whether that's with your mental health or physical disabilities um 
you kind of end up in that comparing headspace to everyone else. And I think it's important to remember that just like you could be less than, you also have a lot of people that are on the same level as you, whether that's with your current mental health space or like you were talking about physical disabilities. And so kind of finding that niche and that community where you feel seen and heard and uplifted and connected. And that is crucial for your mental health just in general, but it helps a lot with comparisons and and how you view yourself. Um, I also think doing the best that you can to find a lot of what the external validation you would get that you're good enough or you deserve love or something like that from from yourself. And that's a really, really hard thing to do, but it's starting with something like affirmations or doing things that you enjoy, doing things that make you feel confident, doing things that make you feel happy um, and starting to get that validation from yourself. That's another really powerful thing. Perfect. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, Sadie, thanks so much for coming on today. And uh, of course, thank you for having me again. You're, you're so amazing. And I look, I look forward to keeping in touch. You know, I really, yeah. really do. You're, you're a rock star. Anyways. Thank you. Anyways, see y'all next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, please feel free to write a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you would like to shoot me an email, please feel free to do so at robieregz24 at gmail.com. Plus, if you want to send me a voice message, please feel free to do so at anchor.fm slash Robbie. That is R-O-B-I-E. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk soon.